Hey friends, welcome back to Beamwise. My name is Petro, and today I have the pleasure to talk to Dan Blasciano, who is a beam coordinator at POR Romania. Now, before I give him the chance to introduce himself, I will tell you the reason behind this interview. A few weeks ago, I presented at BeamCon, a BIM conference in Romania, and I had the chance to meet him there. He had a very interesting and uh, actually amazing presentation which made me very interesting to find out more on this. And this is the reason behind that. I want to actually talk a bit about BIM in Romania because nobody sees anything happening interesting in Romania, right? But actually interesting things are happening there. And they are one case where I see this. And I would like to share that with you as well. Hi, Dan. Welcome. Hey. Petru, thank you very much for having me and thank you for the amazing review of my presentation. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, I, I really enjoyed it. It was very, very interesting and um, I learned a lot from that. And I'm very happy to see that things are developing in that way in Romania. Now, let's go straight to the point. Tell us a few words about yourself. Who are you? And how did you end up doing what you are doing today? Okay, this is an interesting question and it's not just <laughs> or something, but basically um, I'm just a guy from Romania. I finished, uh, my base job is that of a surveyor, a geodesy engineer. Uh, I finished uh, college here in Bucharest, the UTCB, the University Technical Construction uh, College. Uh, geodesy specialty and then what I did after college I started actually working so uh, at first for from the very very low end uh, of the surveyor uh, lifestyle let's say so I was actually holding the prism but to be completely honest with you this helped this actually go on site and to start from scratch from zero to actually understand the process of construction this is before beam and so on and so forth afterwards i've been on multiple sites also buildings also structures within romania and also in other countries like moldova i um, gradually got promoted so from the prism to the total station to the gps and then uh, all my life i mean i've been good at computers let's say and playing games on computers so and so forth in my first year of college we, at the end uh, of the first year, we had a practice thing for three weeks. And I told my colleagues that uh, if you guys leave me alone, do not come outside and measure for three days, I will do the calculations for the whole group. So I've always been attracted, let's say, to the software part of it. As I was working at, uh, as a surveyor, I found more and more that uh, the machines on site are be used not with traditional methods with sticks and things on site but with uh, 3d models i would say that i've been creating 3d models for machine control that's being used on site for like seven years now more or less this is my beginning with 3d modeling and i would call this a use case of beam was this in poor or did you work in another company before that? This was another company, a big surveying company here in Romania. Uh, we also had the core. Uh, actually, at the last team building, not the one this year, but uh, before the pandemic, uh, I survey coordinator at the airport here in Romania, Gimbav Brasov. And the main contractor was Port. 
Oh, so, nice. <laughs> yeah, basically that's where I met my uh, current boss, the Costel, the department. Uh, they were there with the, their team building stuff and creating 3D models and actually creating the airport. And <laughs> they asked us, the surveying company, if we have a drone have a drone but i had some friends who had the drone and uh, managed to get the drone to create a 3d model of the airport for poor so more or less yeah i uh, met my boss and we created the 3d model of the airport using photogrammetry and then i went to present to poor at the hq here in bucharest i did this two times and the last time more or less i asked them look guys don't you want to hire me or something <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be as honest as I can. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair enough. Not not no issue with that. Yeah, as I said, uh, and I was hired at poor patient department here in Bucharest as a surveyor. When I joined poor, the main focus on the innovation department was to use beam in infrastructure projects because you all know. Beam for building is much more developed and start standard infrastructures. I'm completely aware that you know that even the IFC format is not defined currently for infrastructure projects. I'm currently testing out the IFC for uh, X3 importer for Autodesk and getting some interesting results, but not very well defined. So that's why. Us in Romania, uh, in the innovation department, where we were um, focused mainly on infrastructure projects. Uh, to go even specific, we had one before I got to pour a, a huge motorway contract here in Romania. Uh, motorways, by the way, in Romania are a very taboo sub subject, as I assume you know. Yeah, are they being built? Yeah. Aren't they build, being built? I will show you at one point that they are actually being built. Anyway, it was a big uh, motorway project and we focused one sector. It was divided on, on sectors. We said, this is the innovation sector. And then for that part, two kilometers of the motorway, we wanted to use only our own machines and only energies. So what did we do? We created the 3D models on every layer of the motorway specific sector and put it in, into the machine. Okay, this is, in my opinion, not something new. I, as I said, I've been doing this for a few years. But normally how the workflow goes, the surveyor or, uh, office do everything. Nobody on the rest of the site have actually no idea what's happening. This is unfortunately reality. And then they go with the USB stick to the in the 3D model. And yeah, that's it. But... There are some certain problems, in my opinion, with this workflow. What happens if the design changes? What happens if the design changes and you have 100 machines on site? Do you go out physically with the USB stick to every machine to change the design? How do you know that that machine has the correct design? That one doesn't. It gets a bit complicated. That's why, yes, we use machine control, but we use machine control in more and beam and collaborative approach. So what we would do, then mounted on the machines, and we would create the 3D models in Bucharest and then upload them to the platform. What 
happen, the machines being also connected to the internet, they would receive automatically the designs from the platform. Which so, platform are you talking about? Sorry, I did not get that one. I forgot to say this. Sorry, most of our systems on the machine symbol systems. So, of course, also the platforms that we are to feed the machines are Trimble. So in this case, uh, the platform's name was Trimble. Work. So we were feeding all of the designs there and then it was transmitted automatically to the machines. Then, yeah, of course, you would reduce errors. I mean, actually, you could see it's clean because you reduce the actual fuel that is needed for cars to go physically one side to put the USB stick. So there are a lot of advantages, but the biggest advantage we, we found with this was time. So time, time equals money. We are capitalist uh, society, Petro. We all know this. There is a bottom line and we here are trying to find out what systems help how to have a better bottom line. This is, in my opinion, the end goal here. Yeah, that makes sense. You save time, you save money. That and uh, you, you say you do that, you can build quicker, maybe, or it should be also better quality project because you have better uh, overview if you are using more more advanced tools, and then you can win more projects. And yeah, it's also much more sustainable, right? Like you said, uh, you you skip uh, many uh, drives to the site and uh, yeah all these things. But you said something interesting, which I would like to find out more. How do you manage the design changes? Because I assume you don't get the design finished before every bit of the project or every project you are working with, right? I guess sometimes you need to, you get design while you are building something. How do you deal with these kind of situations? Just a little bit of context for the people not in Romania. So currently there are no beams in Romania. There's nothing. There are some talks about it within the government, so on and so forth, but concretely nothing. Um, how it works basically on an infrastructure project. We get the design, the 2D design from our designers that we direct. The beneficiary of the, the project, which is more or less the Romanian government, is not involved. I'm, I mean, not a little bit involved, not not at all involved currently, because most likely this will happen in a few years when the EU will come with legislation and that will change. So what we are doing now, we are trying to stay ahead of the curve. And what's, what, currently, what we are doing currently, we start with the initial 2D design from the designers. We take that and recreate it in 3D and yeah, we design changes along the way when we find a problem on site so on and so forth and we need to we get another to the uh, project and we need to adapt that in 3d so you you also have a, a design team inside port romania uh, we have a design yes we have every site has its, its own uh, technical department which is its own team, uh, let's say, but how it works for the major projects, they are not designed themselves. We are subcontracting and our design team is actually checking the design. Okay, I understand. This is the current goal. We have another site that here and things will go a little bit differently there. 
exactly because we are on this topic. I think the biggest and I, I'm the biggest achievement I've been able to do in the four years that I'm at Poor another huge uh, motorway project here in Romania, Sibiu uh, Lot 4. And I was able to convince my colleagues and everybody, the leadership and all my colleagues, to ask the designers to provide the 3D models. So directly okay. from the designers. The idea would be that we do not need to create ourselves with uh, the 3D models. And I could actually as my job is a beam coordinator, but most, <laughs> mostly I've been coordinating myself and what some of my colleagues are doing. But now, because of this, because we can, we can write in the contract with the subcontractors that they need to provide the 3D models, I'm thinking that things will change a little bit. But it's still uh, quite the unknown because this has never been attempted here before. So... I'll let you know the following years uh, how the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure. That's good. When did did the change from being a surveyor to becoming an official beam coordinator in your company happen? When that change happened? Okay, that's an interesting question and yeah. Um so as I said I was hired as a but I mean not a normal surveyor the the guy who goes with the GPS on site was there to more or less prepare the 3D models, but it depends now when you are talking about 3D model, we were creating for the machine control, the, the surfaces, the trend being put in the machine. A 3D model can, can also be a physical thing, like a, a bridge or something. So it depends. At the start, I've been um, creating the surfaces for the machines. And then we had a lot of workshops, external workshops within POR uh, for the specific projects. A lot of people came from Austria, for Germany, from France, from everywhere around Europe. And I, I started getting to the workflows. To be completely honest with you, I think the first year I was at Poor, so I was going at home and then I, uh, I was going at work and then at home. After I got home, three, four hours, mostly every night, I would go on Autodesk University oh. in 2010 and watch all the videos regarding beam to better understand what's happening i like that <laughs> yeah it was uh i've always been pretty inclined to to new stuff and new technologies it's, this is just the way i am as a human being let's say to tell you something about the beam coordinator uh role in our department currently uh, we are two beam coordinators it's uh, me and my colleague irina and more or less oh, so you are two wait yeah. i thought yeah. it, was, it was only you okay so you are double than i knew <laughs> there are two beam coordinators uh, in writing let's say so me and the to write our own i mean post there was no notion of a beam coordinator in romania so yeah. more or less we did the work of a beam coordinator for a year and then we wrote down what we did and that became official job it's a yeah. It makes sense. No, but the, I, what I like about that is that the organization was flexible enough to accept this and to understand the value of this. So that says a lot uh, to me, to be honest. Yeah, no, uh, I also agree. We were very, we were very lucky with the organization and how the department itself is set up. I mean, uh, I'll thank 
every possibility I have, I'll thank my uh, boss Costel because he allows us a certain kind of freedom, which I've never found in a different job. When working in a in a domain like this, BIM, innovations, digitalization within the construction industry, I mean, you need, I'm who likes to push every button to see what, what it does. And fortunately, the job I have allows me to do it. I'm very much into testing new stuff. Some of them work, some of them just how the world works. So yeah, I've been very lucky, let's say that I've been given this freedom. Yeah, that's very important. It's very difficult to uh, to make progress, significant progress without that kind of mindset. So it's good to see that you have this kind of leadership that understands this. So yeah, I'm happy for you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Petro. Ah, <laughs> and a, a small uh, parenthesis here. Uh, what's happening in the poor group as a whole global entity. So yeah, Port is based in Austria. It's an Austrian construction company, but we activate in like uh, eight uh, countries worldwide, including Romania, of course. And within the different countries, there are a lot of beam actors or what. <laughs> but as I uh, said earlier, we all know that buildings, it's much more advanced and well-documented than beam for so we are what we are doing here in Port Romania, we are focusing on infrastructure projects and really experimenting and creating our own workflows. The idea is we create these pilot projects here in Romania and then transfer the knowledge within the whole Port group to be also used in other countries. And we are very lucky in Romania because it is Romania actually do need new motorways and new railways. You know this, the infrastructure uh, in Romania, unfortunately, is quite sad. And it's, uh, to be honest, I think to do it here with new projects, because in Austria, I mean, why would they build a new motorway? They have them already. They only do rehabilitation or they widen them or something. So we are lucky in the sense. So I think why Romania was the most suited country to do this because of the political yeah, the Romanian situation, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, the lack of rules sometimes can be also a blessing in this guys, right? Because you can create your own rules, which is what I see in your case and what I saw in other cases as well, as uh, for Leviathan and other companies. So I like that. that. That's good. Because there are other systems which are much more conservative and where you actually are stopped to do these kind of things. Like in Romania, because it's sometimes it feels that it's like a jungle, then you can just go and do whatever you want. Like is the best way to do business, go about it and do it, right? That's actually the good part of it, right? And let's rewrite and reinvent this construction industry, right? By making it with a smarter ways of working. As I said, we're, we're lucky to do this in Romania. I mean, I don't know what would happen if I would, how they will uh, see me as insane or something. But yeah, it's been very helpful. Yeah, it's not making up everything as we go. Of course, after we do a pilot project, we then see what worked, what didn't work. And then, then on the next project, we will only use and try to 
use different technologies or stuff for the things that didn't work. I can give you a concrete, concrete example. The pilot project, the two kilometer part sector of the motorway. So as I said, it was focused on, on uh, machine control and also on productivity uh, monitoring, which is what? So the machines would actually provide the volumes of cut and fill that they uh, executed. So from them, themselves, they had the uh, sensors on them and they would feed this back to another platform. And you could filter and see excavator one did 3000 cubic in day Y, X, whatever. We tried to do it like this, and some complications with the systems. I will be completely honest now. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. If you allow this to get the, the volumes directly from the machine, the site needs to be very well organized. Excavators need to stay in one place and dig. And yes, if that happens, you are getting the correct values. But if there's something from the site comes to the machine operator and says, look, can you go one kilometer there and clean up some trees or something like that? Of course, the operator doesn't shut down the system. So it, he goes there, and it registrates as false data. Oh, yeah. We had this problem. This is an actual thing we found out with these systems. So how would you go about this? Of course, you could go and do military on site and stay on site with the guys on the machines and press the button for them. Stop, work, stop, stop, work. I see a future where the operators themselves in a few years. But... I'm not sure how it works in other countries, but I do not think that Romania and the mentality in Romania is currently suited for this. So we saw this and yeah, we pivoted. Okay, we can't get the volumes like this. Why not use drones? And now we are doing for our major projects every uh, month, at the end of the month, we are flying every project in the volumes that way. So this is, I think, a very important thing and a very important, I don't know, attribute to coordinator or not or beam manager or beam specialist. The idea is you need to adapt. I mean, it is the notion of the self-construction. I have never seen and probably won't see in my whole life a construction site that isn't perfect from start to end. It's reality. You need to adapt. As long as you won't have robots which will be programmed to execute each step along the way. Until then, as long as we are involved in the process, then not. Of course, it can be improved, but something is going to uh, go uh, differently than you expected. And the life itself is, you need to adjust yourself, right? It's not like you just know how your life is going to be, right? This is what it makes it interesting, right? But it is about the discipline and the effort you put into it that it makes you a great life or a average life, right? And the same with the projects. Like, what is the vision for them? How much resources are you willing to put? And how disciplined are you on that to execute that vision, right? And of course, like BIM roles, all of them, there are a lot of things that vary there as well and that you can improve always on any aspect. But as a coordinator, you don't know how your day will look. Like I used to have this issue at work. I like to plan my day, you know. I get to work early, usually the first at the office. I was... Uh, writing down a list with the most important things that I need to do that day, right? Mm -hmm. And then when uh, when the, everyone started to uh, get to work <laughs> and I, I start to uh, get uh, calls and uh, emails and uh, everything uh, goes completely different, right? But still, but still, what I 
was doing because I getting I was getting earlier at work. I was getting things done before everyone got in. So mm-hmm. I always focused on the most important ones, and that way, it still it still uh, helped me a lot. But yeah, let's go back to you. So good part that leadership is on board with this. You mentioned the drone uh, use in this case in time because you said how important time. Do you get any grasp, any idea about how much time are you saving? instead of the old way you were doing it? I can give you a concrete example on the drone stuff. We have a railway site here in Romania that's uh, 13 or 14 long. And what's happening on the site, they had piles of different materials on site. I mean, all over the site for the whole length of uh, 13 kilometers. So let's say hundreds of such piles of materials. And they had to give a report, the surveyors had to give a report at the end of the week, how much materials do we, uh, at the end of the month, sorry, how much material do we have on site to know what we can use, what there, so on and so forth. This would have taken in a classical workflow, it would take for the surveyors, multiple teams, to go on site and measure this. This would take something three days. And then the processing and the calculation of all of these volumes, another two days, so one week. Now what we are doing, we are going at the end of the month with the drone, we are flying the site. It takes two hours the flight. We are getting in the office. We are putting the processing of the data overnight. The next day in the morning, I have the, I upload it to a platform online and surveyors or the quantity guys on site can go in the platform and calculate the volumes. It's just clicking in the platform and then you get the stockpiles. So what would have taken can be easily achieved in one and a half day to give you a concrete example. You save at least three days, let's say, in this yes, case. Yes, but in the case of one site, multiply this by four sites or five sites. Yeah. And persons, because you said that in the first, uh, in the classical way of doing things, there were more people yes. involved in, right? More teams, exactly. More teams. My plan going forward, currently we are doing drones, uh, drone flights on the major projects, but mm-hmm. I would like to see this is something years in the making. This is something utopic, in my uh, opinion, is to actually have all the sites. So to have the drones on site and uh, to get maybe not monthly, but weekly flights to have yeah. better control. Yeah, yeah, completely. Uh, that sounds like a very, very good plan, actually. And you need to get to crunch down the numbers, right? Like we are saving so much money. Why not just have a drone there, right? They're like for uh, this would be uh, easy to demonstrate and to uh, make an investment of it for the company. So yeah, that sounds yeah. good. As I said, Petro, this is more or less uh, my job. Lob, lob, like this. Mm. Amazing. The, but, yeah. You mentioned that uh, in the future you would like to have these drones on site and so on. What are other future plans that you think are important that you? and your company will focus on? There are a lot of stuff we are doing for the future. As I said, the drone stuff is very important. The drones is that we are doing uh, flights for our, um, not only on the flights we have, but also the ones from for tendering. So we are getting 3D models on our own surveys, not on the feasibility survey, and we are getting more real quantities. Mm-hmm. This is also something that we are 
doing and looking forward to doing more in the future because we also bought, we were using photogrammetry, but also now we have uh, on drones, LiDAR handheld, LiDAR on, uh, on cars. So this would be something regarding drones. Regarding BIM itself and the uh, CDE, I would like to have much, much more involvement from the people on site. My opinion is every major project, not only in poor and not only in Romania, but in every infrastructure, big infrastructure project within the world needs to have a, at least one beam specialist uh, on site. Because it's one thing for me from the HQ to say, you need to do that, you need to do that, la 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 la. But when you actually get a guy on site, he tells you what the problems are for real. And I love that. I mean, this is the future. If I go and impose to a site, Look, guys, you are starting today, you are using BIM. They will say, what, what are you talking Are you okay? Then what's what's happening? But <laughs> this that if you have people on site, specialists, they go to the people, to the technical people that actually constructing the, the project. And he's asking them, what do you need? Does that help? Does that help? Yeah, we found that this is the best way to go about it, to have a specialist mm -hmm. on site. And for the future, I want to have on most of our sites, some at least somebody like this. Mm -hmm. Okay, that sounds like a very sound plan. And uh, I can confirm to you that uh, that's actually the way to go about since companies in Norway are actually doing this already. So you are not going wrong about this. Okay, <laughs> it's it's good to, to verify that my instinct is okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, done. It was a real pleasure to talk to you and Thank you very much, we will continue our talk into a new episode when you will actually show me how did you use beam and drones and other technologies, innovative technologies on your project. Sure. It will be my pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. And I'm looking very forward to the... So the, as I said in the beginning, I'm the guy who likes to push the buttons. So yeah, you will be seeing a lot of uh, buttons in the next episode. <laughs> Thank okay. you very much. Amazing. I forgot to ask you, how can somebody reach out to you if they want to send you a message or something? If they want to send me a message. What about LinkedIn? I think it's the best way. Whoever uh, wants, they can reach me on LinkedIn and we can discuss the subject further. Amazing, man. Thank you very much. Thank you also, Petro.